Welcome to Shoalhaven Youth Local, a show where we focus on everything local in Shoalhaven. From current events and community groups, to local history and the best places to be, and even our favourite local personalities. We've got you covered. So if you ever wanted to know son, where to go or where to volunteer even, from a youth perspective, then listen in. You might be surprised by what's just outside your front door. Shoalhaven Youth Local would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of you and country, the land on which this podcast is recorded, and pay our respects to elders past and present. Welcome to your daily dose of local and national happenings. And what's making waves out there with today's... Hot Topic. So for today's Hot Topic, we're talking about Aladala High School and how it is very overcrowded and how the Department of Education owns the SAS um, school and what... Should be the plans for the future. What do you reckon, Bailey? Um, so I believe it should be used. Um, seven, eight, nine, and ten should be kept at Ulladulla High School, and Year Eleven and Twelve should be moved into the new building because most of the junior teachers keep to the junior years, and the seniors have separate teachers. So I reckon that would work best and I feel like the Year 11 and 12s need that time to focus on their HSC and not be overcrowded by little annoying kids. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> what do you reckon, Harley? Um, I don't know. I don't want that to happen. I, I don't know. It just feels weird. I don't, I don't want to move to a different school. But would, like, it's literally, like, five minutes away. Yeah, would you but pref- still, no. I just don't really want to go to a different school. Yeah, but would you prefer having a really, really overcrowded school whereas, like, you could be learning so much more with teachers who, like, they'd still be the same teachers but you'd have more room in the schools and it'd just be a completely different environment? I don't know. For me, it just doesn't really feel that overcrowded. Like, yeah, when the bell rings and, like, everyone's going to their own class, yeah, it can get a little bit pushy but I, I don't know. I just don't really notice it that much. There is a lot of people, but I I think it's fine because it's a really big school. Um, they should do seven and eight, but only after I'm out of year eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if it had to happen, what do you reckon? I feel like in senior years you realise the overcrowding a lot more because mm. we have about like three or four cooking class um, classes, and there's only two cooking rooms. So you know yeah, we have true, we have I to share it a lot round and yeah you know we don't really have the facilities to cater for that much people yeah yeah I do notice that with the cooking rooms now yeah, that is that can get annoying how yeah, do you do know. you guys have like whole school assemblies or something yeah we do like for Anzac Day and that but we have our year assemblies and there's nine classes in every year do you all fit in the hall yeah we do but like yeah, there's about nine classes in every year and I remember when I started there was only about eight. There's probably like, yeah, there's two or three more classes than what there used to be. Yeah. And um, the facilities at what's it named SAS, um, they're still reasonably like new. Like they're not, they, no one's used them for so long and the classrooms are still there. Everything that was there is still there and, like, they it needs a purpose. Like, it's not – it's just it's there wasting space where something 
could be like used. Or another idea could be that we have ag plots and um, cooking rooms and there's a bus that transports kids for those classes into that facility instead of moving years around. Yeah. What do you reckon? I don't know. I feel like travelling to a, like a different school to do a different class is kind of a waste of the class time. I don't know. How far away is that school? It's like five minutes. Like Not from even. the high school? Yeah. <laughs> and that's our know. hot topic for today. I'm Victoria and this is this week's Blast from the Past, all things local history. This segment has been proudly supported by the Brains Trust of local historian Kathy Dunn. On this week's Blast from the Past, I'm going to be diving into the Kendall family. The Kendall family were amongst the first settlers in the area. Reverend Thomas Kendall was actually recorded to have been the first resident, but he actually didn't spend much time here. It was his children who spent the time here. He originally came to Australia to work as a teacher, but he was quickly recruited to go to the Bay of Islands as a missionary. He lived there for 11 years before going to Chile for two years. There is also a few rumours and scandal, um, scandals that have been surrounding that. Um, sadly, I could not find much information on it. Then finally in 1827, Thomas Kendall arrived in Milton. Five years later, he died in a shipwreck on his way to Sydney selling cedarwood. It was the children that really held a connection here to Milton. They were the ones who started the Kendall legacy, living on the Kendall land and raising their families here. There are a few of the Kendall um, descendants still living in the area and on their original land. And it is great to see that some of the original families still survive and to think that they were the first settlers here. It's uh, from the start of Milton to now, it's a very long time and it's nice to see an original family living here. It's Touchdown! With co-hosts Bailey and Jamaica and we will be covering all the local sports. Everything from scores to how to get involved. Listen in if you want to know what's going on around the town in every season of the year. Are you jumping on the bandwagon like the rest of us for the most boringest sport in the world? Today we'll be talking about the Matildas. Jamaica, what's your <laughs> thoughts on the game? So I've never been a soccer fan, um, but I watched the Saturday game because we're at my auntie's, and, auntie's place and, man, it was a stressful game. The fact that no one scored for the whole 90 minutes is just unbelievable. It's like, it, I don't, I, I don't, no, I don't like it. What do you reckon? Um, so we were at the golf club and the Wi-Fi was down. So everyone had their phones out and we we're all sitting at tables together watching the game. And when, when it got to the penalty shootout, uh, oh, everyone was, was on the edge of their seats and I just was, like, um, wondering, you know, like, why has it got to this point? Yeah, and they had extra time. And then, like, after their 45 minutes, they get, like, injury time or whatever it's called. And so they had, like, literally I was at watching the soccer for three hours. That is ridiculous. Yeah, um, 
I do think, though, um, Sam Kerr's return, she has been a bit overrated at the moment. I think she did pretty well. Like, as soon as she got on the field, I feel like the other team were scared, I guess, and, like, they knew she was there and how she's, like, a really good soccer player. Well, from what I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think the news press is making it so much more controversial than it needs to be, you know. Like, everyone gets injured and, you know, she'll come back in her own time. Yeah. Um. Man, the penalty shootout was that stressful. And the goalie. Oh. Yeah, the goalkeeper get should, um, is the winner of that game. Yeah. Without her, we would not nah. be in the position she, that we she are. She was great. Yeah, fantastic. Um, the fact that they got to ten kicks, like, aside was hectic. Yes. And it was just like one this way, one that way, one this way, miss, miss. Like, it was crazy. Every time they got a goal, we got a goal. Our like our the whole house just was like screaming and cheering, and then when they got a goal, we were like, "Oh no, we have to get it back! We have to get it back!" Yeah. Um, it was just crazy. Yeah. What? Do, yeah. What else do you reckon? Yeah. Well, I remember one of the Matildas saying that when they started soccer when they were younger, that to play in a boys' team because there yeah. was no girls' teams, and because the Matildas are winning heaps of games for sports people like us, it's very inspiring and it's helping to build like the sport community to have girls teams. Yeah, I agree. Like having yeah, lots of professional athletes um in like these this day and age. Like they grew up playing boys sport because there was no girls sport. And having professional women playing sport, it's just like it's encouraging so many young girls to try different sports. And like so that and they have in like communities, they don't have to have a few girls playing with the boys. They can have their own girls team for for multiple different sports. Yeah. And I also feel like because Jamaica and I are starting to help the Auskick girls, um, before then, you know, like they couldn't barely get teams put together, but ever yeah. since we've been helping out, you know, they've been so inspired and now they've got yeah. three or four teams together. And now like next year they're gonna have an under nines team and I'm pretty sure an under elevens team. For Auskick in particular, and and I wanna I'm just gonna throw a few things in the mix. For Auskick, for a little girl, it wasn't that long ago, I don't know, maybe five years, there wasn't a paid women's AFL. Nah. So what impact do you think that has? Yeah, it's, I feel like it's really, like, inspiring for young girls to watch older females play a sport that they love and, um, like, they don't have to, like, because they've just grown up with boys playing it, now they can do what they want to do, I guess. And they can play sports that they want to play and not have to feel like they can't because there's no girls team. Yeah. What do you reckon? Um, I feel like back, like way back, um, <laughs> you know, women were expected to cook and clean and do all of that. But the guys, like, and the guys were able to do sports. But yeah. now because women's sports building, there's so many more sporting opportunities and the pay gap. Like, is starting to close with some sports, like some. surfing and that. But 
there are still many sports that the gap needs to be closed. Yeah, like still agreed. in the soccer, that in the soccer league, you know, they're still not getting paid the same. There's still a huge gap. And NRL and AFL. And I hope that you know the government and the sporting leagues like realize that men and women do the exact same training and exactly. sport to get to where they want to be. And you know, um, women so, shouldn't yeah. get any less. Mm. Um, on that topic, for men, it's like they're so. For example, for example, like in NRL, that's like their only job is to to do play NRL. Whereas in the women's league, it's like a side job. Whereas they have other jobs just so that they can like get enough money to. Live. Yeah, men players are like earning over a million bucks, but yeah. girls only get four hundred grand. Exactly, it's not enough to buy a house today. So sporting bodies. And the media have always argued that people don't watch women's sport. That's why they think they shouldn't pay them the same. What do you think about that? I feel like if they advertised it more, then more people would watch it because on your normal sport channels, they don't really put many female games on. They only ever put men's games on. I am very much... Like, I've always grown up just watching men because they – you have to go out of your way to go and put on the female sport and I feel like they should put it <laughs> – like, they should, like, mix it up sometimes and televise the women playing instead of the men. And to be honest, women in the um, state of origin play so much better than the men. Um, so basically I have this report up by The Guardian and it says an estimated 4.17 million people watched tuned into the game and it says that it's the third biggest stream ever, streaming sport event ever. So I guess to the men who say, you know, no one watches women's sport, now they do because, yeah, you know, and um, so many people are starting to turn up for the women and, yes, like you watch the NRL games and there's more people at the men's game than the women, but I feel like it is building. Yeah, definitely. And, like, with more teams being created, more people are going to come because they're going to follow those teams and it's just going to keep building, like the NRL for the males, for the blokes did. Yeah, uh, yeah like the women's NRL team went from having, like, four teams to about, like, eight, I think, yeah. at the moment. Yeah, for it's sure. so good. And that's all from Touchdown today. Thank you for listening. Do you scroll through the streaming services not knowing what to watch? Welcome to the nerdy sci-fi movie, guys. Two nerds with a plan. To make sure that you... Watch the greatest films of all time. Basically, Marvel or Star Wars. Well, could there be others, potentially? Nope. Okay, Okay, let's roll. roll. Wait. Hey guys, in today's podcast we're going to be reviewing Infinity War. Uh, what did you think of the character slash villains? Believable? Could you relate? Start off, Harley. Well, I really liked all of the characters. Uh, yeah, because there's a lot. But um, yeah, I just, I, I really liked how all the characters interacted with each other. I thought Thanos was like really cool because like he had a really cool motivation and like there's just the coolest thing about Thanos is probably just like his brute strength. How it's like for I don't Terrifying. even know how many years we've been like growing up with these movies and seeing these characters grow and evolve and just seeing him just walk in there and slap him around and like leave him like 
almost dead, and some of them leave them actually dead. And just, like, it was just really cool to see Thanos being that, like, powerful. And, yeah, I I really liked seeing all the characters interacting. Absolutely agreed. I remember seeing the trailer for Infinity War for the very first time, the one with Thor sees the Guardians, and I remember going, oh, my God. The Guardians interact with Thor in this movie? Seeing, like, different characters, like... Like, with each other that, like, we've never seen before. It was pretty cool, and it was, like, a different experience. Like, seeing the movie for the first time, man, I won't ever forget it. Yeah, like, seeing, like, the kind of jokes and how the different character dynamics, like, bounce off of each other was, like, really cool. Like, um, Doctor Strange and Iron Man, that was, like, a really cool one yeah. to see. How, yeah. like, their egos are, like, clashing with each other, and I, I I found their arguments really fun. Yeah, yeah, those were pretty funny, and um, also... um. On Thanos, I really want to, like, do more about him. I think that his motivation is very understandable. Like, you can really get what where he's coming from about wanting to balance out the resources and the amount of beings in the universe. That's, like, such a valid motivation. And some people on the internet I've seen even think Thanos was right. Like, people think he was in the right. And I wouldn't necessarily say that. I do. Um, I see where he's coming from, but I wouldn't agree with killing half of the population. But, like, yeah, you know, I do. you just double the resources. True that. Um, but, like, he is kind of insane. And, like, he's a villain that has, like, a valid motivation. But, however, his ego is what drives him off of, like, doing good with that motivation instead of doing something as bad as killing half of the people just because you have a big ego and also because you want, um, like, of the resources thing. And also he's just really compelling and um, it was really terrifying to see him on screen for the first time. And, um, well, not for the first time, yeah, but for the first time in Infinity War. Um, the first time where he gets up off his chair. Yeah, and um, yeah, and also Josh Brolin really killed the role. Like he really acted, and like his voice was threatening. Like I remember hearing yeah. his voice and like feeling terror. And also, like all the characters are just great. Like Iron Man is always is always great when I've, in whatever scene he's in, and his arc. Uh, it just keeps evolving throughout movie. Like, if you look at him at the beginning, Iron Man 1 to the end of Endgame, he was this selfish douchebag. And now, by the end, he was this selfless and, like, kind and caring man who had, like, genuine, like, better moral values. So I really like what how they continued down the road here. Just all the characters were likable and it was just cool seeing them interact. And, yeah. Yeah. Anyway... Moving on to the storyline, did it make sense? Was it clunky? Did it make you think? Was it surprising? I'll go, I think that it was very surprising. Like, watching the movie for the first time, like, I remember going, damn, like, that happened. Like, like I was just so shocked throughout the entire movie. Seeing characters that I know die and, like, seeing, like, just, like, these different plot twists and, like, different endings. It was also a very, like, different and unique ending because, like, superhero movies at this point... Like, we all know most of, like, the cliches. Superhero saves, like, love interest and, like, kills the villain and wins over the day. But, however, in this one, they let the villain win. Like, it's so surprising and shocking. Yeah, I just I just think that's just so cool. I, I think that might just be, like, my second favourite part of Infinity War, that he actually won. Yeah, it was so because surprising. Because it was so, like, shocking and just so cool. I think yeah, but my first part would prob my first thing would probably have to be the like the characters interacting and how cool that was to yeah. see that for the first time. For me, the best but, thing about the movie was just Thanos's character. Yeah, I I did really like him in that movie, and I liked how like the storyline was 
all about, like, Thanos slowly collecting the stones. And then when it eventually got to, like, the scene in Wakanda, he, like, he had one stone left and we're just like, oh, okay, so this is, like, the cool final battle scene where they have to, like, keep Thanos away from Vision and then defeat him. But then they just didn't, and Vision died, and he got the stone, and he won. And when Thor, like... And then like, just, like, the credits just started rolling, and just jaws were on the floor. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, especially, like, when Vision, uh, when, like, Thor came out, no, like, when Thor came out with Stormbreaker, I remember th- watching this in the theatre going, okay, yeah, this is the part where they win. Go, Thor, you, you got this. But then, like, Thanos is just, like, still alive and he's still able to do it. And I remember thinking, what the hell just happened? And then all these characters started fading away. Like, Bucky was the first and then, like, even more, like, Groot. And then Tom Holland's Spider-Man, which is so well acted. It was so, like, sad, shocking, and just a huge mix of emotions. Like, you're surprised. You're, um, like, you're sad as well. And you're just confused as well. Like, what's going to happen now? And, like, I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, like, are they going to continue the movie? Like, there's no way they would just end it with the villain winning. And when Thanos just sits down and then it cuts the credits, I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, the villain just won. Like, this is a unique story. Yeah, it was, like, really insane and really cool to see. I remember, like, all of the internet, like, hype around that movie was just, like, really cool like everybody that was anybody was making a video about that like movie I just remember at that time I would see so many videos about it like I wasn't the biggest Marvel fan but I did watch the movie and I did really like it but like man like people were just everyone on the planet knows who Thanos is Mm. Uh, and just overall, even besides the shock factor and how brilliant it was, um, just like the, um, it, it made sense, I think, and, um, it wasn't really that clunky at all, and I just thought it was a good story overall. Would you agree? Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think everything flowed really nicely, and, yeah, yeah, I, I really liked it. Uh, what's the best joke in the movie? Um... Well, there's a lot of, like, really good jokes. That's another thing about this movie. Like, the humour in this movie is just so so funny. It's, like, top tier. Uh, I think the funniest joke, the one that made me laugh the most, uh, I think it's kind of an underrated one. However, it's like when uh, the... um, the dwarf dude on the other planet is like, um, oh, this thing, it's going to kill you. And and Thor's like, only if I die. And he's like, yes, that's what... Killing you means. <laughs> no, yeah, that yeah. gets me laughing. I think that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I don't really know about a specific joke, but I think some of the jokes about, like, um, about, like, Doctor Strange and Iron Man were probably, like, really funny. Who just saved like, your magical ass? Me. Oh, wait, another one. This could probably be, like, like dude, a second you're embarrassing place. me in front of the wizard. Yeah. Yeah, that one was pretty funny. But I also really like it when, like, Tom's like, I'm Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, you, we're using our medic names. Um, I'm Spider-Man then. Yeah. Even though his name is literally Doctor Strange, like. And he, if he got all the stones, he could end life on a scale hitherto undreamt of. Did you seriously just say hitherto undreamt of? Are you seriously living on, leaning on the cauldron of the cosmos? Oh, <laughs> another one. Are you yawning? You're I started yawning, yawning in the middle of this. When I'm breaking it down, you're over there yawning. I started yawning when you said we need a plan. 
Yeah, that was pretty funny. I just think all of them were pretty funny. Like, none of the jokes f- fell flat, like, you know? Yeah. It's not the funniest movie I've ever seen, but it's, like, really funny still. If I have to say the funniest movie I've ever seen, it would probably be, like, I, 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 I can't really decide. Uh, anyway, how many rubber chickens would you give this movie and why? I'd give it a 9.8 out of 10. Um, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I think it's a really good movie. I think it's the best MCU movie. I think it's pretty close up there. I really like that movie. Uh, so thank you guys for uh, listening to our podcast. Make sure you got to like and subscribe. So that's it for another week. Thanks for listening to our show. Shoalhaven Youth Local is a show dedicated to sharing local info about the Shoalhaven. From a youth perspective. If you want any information from the show, you can find it in our show notes at our podcast, Shoalhaven Youth Local. And don't forget to subscribe and share the show with all your favourite locals. Shoalhaven Youth Local is made possible with funding from the New South Wales Office of Communities and Justice. Catch you next time!